Two Guys Talking podcast. I'm P. We got Brandon. Welcome to the show, Brandon. How you doing today? Not too bad, man. Feeling good. Ready to get this thing off the ground. Yeah, you know, I don't know if we know what we're doing, but, you know, people will tell us pretty quickly if we sound off. Yep. I think it'll be uh, figured out as we go. That's how I live most of my life. So, <laughs> so uh, up in the mountains this weekend, we're in Colorado, Breckenridge. You see anyone famous? No? Yes? No famous people. They did do a Santa run last night. So the restaurant where I can't hear you. What does that mean? Santa run? Oh, now I can hear you. Um, <laughs> so we'll have to cut that. Technical like difficulties up front. No, we're good. Already. Um, but no, so I guess it was like a charity 5K okay. where everyone dresses up. Santa, there were some elf <laughs> outfits, some Grinches, and then they do a little uh, tree lighting at the end. But <laughs> okay. it was like... 15 degrees so we had no interest of actually going to watch the run but the restaurant we went to dinner to we got seated by the window and it was along the path so we got to kind of okay. you know, partake in the events a little bit yeah so is this something where like people literally like watch the whole race like from start to finish there were, yeah so they had i mean because the way they did it was kind of like around their little main street area so they had different roads kind of blocked off and yeah i mean it was like i said with the tree lighting afterwards I think it's more of just kind of a come down, you know, everyone kind of takes off. I'm sure people kind of all went inside to grab a drink or something just because it was so cold. And then, yeah, tree lighting and, you know, and then it's Christmas time. You didn't partake in the Santa run or your wife? No, no, man. It was like one of those things where I don't know how those people were able to. I mean, it was 15 degrees snowing, wind gusts of like probably 25 to like 40 miles an hour. Like our, our eight minute walk from the Airbnb, it was miserable That's to the restaurant. Awful. And now I'm trying to think of like jogging. So you're trying not to slip, right? And end up cracking your head open. And then you got to wear enough layers where you're going to be not freezing, but not too many where you're going to overheat. I don't know. It was wild. Yeah. I mean, that just doesn't sound like a good, have you ever done a 5k before? No, I yeah, have me neither. Never had any interest in any plan. Any plans, dude? <laughs> Not a chance. The 800 meters I ran in high school—that was about my limit. That was it. That's what I'm good. <laughs> yeah, for. I ran middle school two lap, track. Two laps around a track. Yeah, that's it. Just good to. Okay, so I saw something that it was like a 400 meter uphill, and it's like an incline of like, I don't know, 27 degrees, and they have mm-hmm. like rope, like climbing rope. You know where it's like split into like square. I don't know what you call, it, but like the climbing rope you have, and like you literally, it's like a race in like Sweden or something. I don't know. It could be in Canada. I, I'm not really sure, but it's some crazy race where they just you race to the top, and it's like this miserable incline, like literally up a 27 degree mountain. Like it's it's 400 meters. So are people constantly holding onto the rope? And yeah, you kind of have to, or else you're gonna slip. Yeah, yeah, you kind of have to like get on all fours at some point, not like on your knees, but like kind of bend over and like use the culture you're going to slip and fall i don't know how they come up with these ideas i don't, I don't know how they get interest right I don't, I don't get there's a movie coming out with mark Wahlberg, and it's about this like i don't know like 300 mile triathlon and like a dog somehow follows him through the whole journey and it's based on a, the incredible true story i kid you not and, and my fiance looks over at me and she's like we should see that. <laughs> I'm not going to go watch a movie and make myself feel miserable about myself. Right. Or about dog, my dogs. Real, right. And in the real story, that dog's only chasing that guy because he's waiting for the guy to die because the dog's hungry. And he's like, <laughs> hey, like this guy's eventually going to pass out. I'll eat him and it'll be okay. I can't do dog movies. Like, I don't care if the dog lives or dies. I don't do dog movies. Too emotional. Too much of how dogs are just innocent, sweet things. I can't do dog movies. Whether they no. live or die. Right. No, they tear way too much at the heartstring. No, I just can't. I just, I don't, even if she's like, she was like, no, but it's a happy ending. I don't care. Don't care. It's and diff- nothing's ever a happy ending. Let's just be real. No. I, I mean, the one, like, I even remember there was a movie grown up. It was called Snow Dogs. And it was about, yeah. And even that one, like a relatively kind of happy-go-lucky movie. But, you know, there's some drama with the dogs in the middle. And <laughs> like it. one's hanging off a cliff and they have to pull him back nope. up. And it's like, nope. no, too much. No, I, I'm no interest. I'm just, uh, I like my um, Captain America fictional crap and just be happy with that. 
As soon as a dog yeah. shows up, I'm like, nope, we're good. Yeah, absolutely not. Straight. All right. Well, glad everything went well in Breckenridge. I'm glad you got back safe. You know, those mountain trips, for those that don't know about the mountains, is treacherous to say the least. So, um, yeah. you know, and especially with all those, there's just a lot of people, a lot of cargo with people with skis and all this mm-hmm. crap, just, you know, whether it's in a trailer or on top of the car and it's just a, it's just a mess. So, you know, that's that time, it's that time of the year. There was a, a charger that we were, <laughs> we ended up passing and I don't know how they thought it was before we had gotten to the tunnel. And so, I mean, I think, that, I think that's like a 12% grade is what the signs on the highway were saying. And again, snowpack roads, blowing snow, no visibility. And we pull up on this charger and it looked like it was rented. It had the the red plates on it. So I think it was rented. And so, you know, they were so hyped when they'd like pick up their rental cars. Like, we got a charger. And then, oh no, we can't go anywhere with it. You know, they don't have, I'm going to guess the hazards weren't on. They're just, they were no. like, we can't turn them on. Nope. I would sit here and act like we're eating lunch. I've done that, man. I drove up to Laramie, Wyoming for the, for a basketball game and just, uh, we should have taken a different car. We just thought yep. we'd mob deep in the charger, and like we should have just taken a different car. We probably should have rented a better car, which would have made the situation so much better. But, eh, you know, college. You live and you learn. You live and you learn. So, you know, big day today, uh, college football playoff. A lot of uh, some, some, some people would say they lost a lot of uh, credibility and reputation with what they ended up doing. Um, but we'll, we'll, we'll start with the, we'll go, we'll go top to bottom. I think no one was surprised to see Michigan at the top and Washington at the two. Some people in my threads being in the Washington threads were saying Washington would be, should be number one. And I'm like, can we all just take a breather for a second? Like now we're going to all of a sudden respect the PAC 12. Like, no, we know that Michigan was one, Washington went two. I don't think there was any mistake there. No, I agree. And I mean, I think the fact that Washington one outright as a you know nine and a half i think it closed at nine and a half point dog i mean i think that was probably a little bit of a head turner for most people if you're not kind of dialed into the pac 12 but no i agree i think it was once michigan took care of business last night there was no doubt in my mind that they were going to be number one and really you know it might come into play a little bit of the Pac-12 bias with the committee i don't really know you know we don't know what kind of conversations maybe there was a heated debate on one verse two Maybe it was, you know, open shut. I I tend to lean on the side that it was very, you know, black and white. Michigan's number one. But um, no, Washington's a good team. And it's it's interesting, though, because, again, we've been talking about this. You know, you and I, it's just they are constantly disrespected. Yeah. And I don't know if you saw, I don't know if you saw the lines open. They're underdogs to Texas. Uh-huh. And look, and, and to your point about the whole. Was it an open shut case? I'm gonna say it was because of what they had to deal with with numbers three and four. I'm gonna say one and two is pretty open yeah. shut because they had way bigger problems to worry about with three and four. And so, as you mentioned, Washington's playing Texas, so Texas got that three seed. I don't think I'm too surprised by that either. You know, they jump from seven to three, but with Georgia losing, um, you know, I, I just I don't know how Texas doesn't get in. Their one loss being to a pretty good Oklahoma team. I like it. I mean, I have bias. Uh, I like it. It's kind of cool that three out of the four teams in the college football playoff we've seen play live. So you know, no, uh, you've seen all four. So you yep. know, that's uh, you know, that's obviously a little bias there. I'm down to see Texas and the Texas Washington. What a shootout of a matchup. I mean, obviously Washington's coming in. Personally, I think Texas is strong as heck. Now they have never been even close to the college football playoff until this year. This is Washington's second Correct. trip. Like, well, Texas hasn't even been a, a, a you can't, it's not even a starter in terms of conver- in terms of conversations about should they even be in the playoffs until, until you get into the Oklahoma State game. And then they do what they did. Do they get in if it's a close game against Oklahoma State? I don't know. And then again, if Michigan gives up 14 points, does that make Washington go up? I don't know all that, all that mumbo jumbo. But well, well, I, what I will say is Texas deserves to be in that three spot. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think, you know, that win against Bama head-to-head was huge for them. If for some reason, you know, they kind of tripped up and barely snuck by Oklahoma State, I think that still was going to loom really large. Um, But yeah, no, I I think that one through three, they got that right. I mean, I'm interested for that Texas-Washington matchup because I do. I think it could be just a complete shootout. 
It should I be. Mean, I mean, I mean, I haven't looked at the lines yet. I don't know what the over unders already set at, but I mean, I imagine it's got to be in the sixties, to say the least. Are you worried at all that it's down south? I mean, come on, man. We got so gypped out of the out of the Rose Bowl and having just a little bit of home. I mean, I don't I don't think Washington fans travel that well. I mean, they're probably going to try to, uh, and they're probably going right. to come out of the works here. But you're talking about New Orleans. That's a hop and a skip away from Texas. I mean, I don't I don't get compared to Seattle, Washington. I I don't. That's kind of a bummer, but again, Washington's been doubted all season long. They continue to get doubted. They go in nine and a half point dogs, and they won. And they won from the from the get go. Like it wasn't even a, it wasn't really a, a the the line at least wasn't even even close. But you know, yeah, I mean, looking at it right now, um, you know, they have Texas as four and a half point dogs, and sixty four is the total. So four and a half isn't. Too bad. I mean, they're considered the home team, but I think that kind of goes out of the water uh, in this matchup. But I, I, it's hard to say. I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to really mull this over. If I'm play, if I'm making a play on this, I'm probably staying with the total. It's gonna be really hard for me to go one way or the other. But off the front, Washington four and a half. I like it. I, I like that because Washington's done this all season long. Right, and I think that's something that's a little bit you know, kind of an advantage or maybe not an advantage, but something that their, their team has had to prove it over and over and over again. I mean, you know, the committee wanted Oregon, that's my opinion. They wanted Oregon in there so bad, you know, all the networks, everyone wanted Oregon. It's a bigger brand. The flashy, the prettier. Exactly. And so Washington knew if we have one hiccup, we're done. And so that's something I think that, you know, should you should see that moving on into the playoff is that I think these guys are used to having their backs against the wall a little bit, even though they've been undefeated the entire season. But no, I, I think that matchup's going to be really funny. It's something that, you know, for the Texas Longhorns to make the last college football playoff, like when they first started this top four thing, I think you'd have been pretty hard to convince me like, yeah, Texas is only going to make one. It's going to be the very last one. And there's, you know, I think that's, I don't think a lot of us would have thought that, but it is cool seeing Washington back in there. I mean, you got to feel if a Washington fan, you got to feel a little bit better than you did going in the very first time. <laughs> I mean, where, you know, let's, let's, we can jump to, to the number four seed being Bama. No one wants to play Bama when it matters. Zero. And that's what happened to Washington a few years back is they got Bama as the, as the one seed. And, uh, they completely clobbered him. So 100%. I mean, I this I think they have a better shot this year. And now who do they who would they play in the f- championship? I and mean, that's to be seen, but Bama getting that 4 seed. When I put my head to my pillow last night, this was my final four. It was Michigan, Washington, Texas and Bama. That was my final four. I know I'm not the only one that had that, but there were a lot of people that thought differently. What was your final four going in? Was it the same? Did you have a different number four? Are you surprised to see Alabama in there? No, I, I wasn't surprised as a Michigan guy. I was rooting for Florida state sure. to make it, but no, I wasn't surprised at all by it. I mean, with even a one loss, but with an Alabama sec champion, you just knocked off, you know, a two time defending national championship, broke their win streak, all that going into it. You know, I I wasn't really surprised. I uh, there was a uh, option this morning when I woke up, and you could grab Bama to make the playoff at plus one fifteen, and I grabbed that. So it's like there's, and and Florida State was minus like four twenty, four six or something, and it and they yeah, and it's like yeah, but it just felt like there's no way Bama doesn't get in. I mean, gosh, Vegas didn't think so, huh? I, so you know. I, I, you know, we're seeing people, we, mind you, me and B are not Alabama fans by any means, but roll tide roll. I, I just, <laughs> I, it's just fun to say. I mean, goodness, I, it's, you know, go dog sick them. That's not that fun to say, but roll tide. I mean, you say that anything, you know, it's just roll tide. Yeah, no, it, yeah, absolutely. It, it comes rolls off, it comes off feeling like I can understand why. Even, you know, obviously you got your, the people in that area, but for those who just kind of follow it and see, see them always winning. And then it's like, oh, roll tight. Yeah, I got a cool little saying too. Roll tight. So 
every, you know, it's an abomination and, you know, it's a disgrace. And we're basically saying the ACC doesn't matter. I'm not, look, what they kept saying was the four best teams make the playoff. The four best teams. It's not record. It's not anything else. Are you going to tell me that Florida State's a better team than Alabama? I don't care how Alabama ended the game at the Iron Bowl. I don't care how they squeaked by some games that they lost to Texas, which Texas ended up being a really good team. I, I don't I, I don't see Alabama being in there a problem. Yeah, maybe you don't want to see Alabama because, you know, they're always in it and yada, yada, this, yada, yada, that. They went out and honestly, from start to finish, beat the crap out of the Georgia Bulldogs. I mean, from start to finish. Like, there wasn't a moment of that game that I thought Georgia had a shot after the first couple drives. And that's that's what Bam, that's why Bama's in. And, and besides all the other uh, all the other mumbo jumbo, if you watch if you watch football and if you watch Alabama games rather than just looking at the box scores, Jalen Milrow has gotten a lot better week by week. Like that dude's become a dude, and it's very impressive. And some of these guys that the the defense steps up. And Georgia's not Georgia. They, they don't have twenty eight year old Stetson Bennett out there anymore. Okay, they got they they're not gonna. You knew they were gonna lose at some point, and you know, Bama's that team. Bama deserves to be in there. I don't see any other reason why any other team really should be in. Should Georgia be in there? No, because they lost the SEC championship to Alabama, but we won twenty nine out of thirty. I don't care. And this is how well, the college football playoff loses credibility. This is the toughest decision they have to make, and I actually think in the long run they got it right. Yeah, and I mean, you know, I don't know if they even had much credibility to start with. That's it, another thing too. Large, right, and a large reason of that is when it's four teams, and even when we go to twelve teams next year, there's always going to be a team left out, right? So that whoever's thirteen next year is going to be, be a two loss, a two loss SEC team with their two losses are to Bama and Georgia, and they're like, what about you know, what about it? it's always there's always going to be a team left right. out. So I think the committee from uh, their Worst nightmare happened when Alabama won last night. That was like, oh no, we we're not going to be able to get this right. Um, but no, I you know, I understand the the best four teams, and I agree. Florida State is not a better team than Bama. And again, as a Michigan fan, I wanted Florida State. I don't. I wasn't looking forward to playing Bama. Bama is five and zero in the college football playoffs when playing the number one seed. I don't want any part of that. They've been there. I wanted Florida State. Right. So, you know, from from the fan standpoint, I was rooting hard for Florida State. And I'm sure Michigan's never going to come out and say it. But you know that all those guys were like, come on, just give us Florida State. Mm -hmm. You know, give us, give us a ticket to the national championship. And again, that's what we thought last year when we played TCU. And TCU came out and hung 900 points on us. So... You know, there is that old saying, that's why you play the games. And I think that's probably a lot of the reason why, you know, people are so frustrated because this does make it seem like the games don't really matter and the, the games, you're kind of discrediting the games counting. You know, for Florida State, it's like, oh, well, then, you know, once QB went down, why did why'd you make us play all these games? If you're not going to put us in because our QB's down, then why are you making us? finish up the rest of the season why are you making us play in the conference championship when it doesn't matter right now again they won their conference they'll be able to hang a banner for that and those kids always have those memories but i think you know looking at it from that standpoint i, I totally understand why there was so much outrage because it does feel like the rest of that florida state roster got a little cheated you know and again i i understand they're not as good as bama but then why the heck did we make those kids go out there and play the rest of the season? You know, the games against Florida and Louisville, the last two games without Jordan Travis, they they just didn't put out those the brutal. performance. I mean, they were they were brutal games, and so yeah, they they won, but they barely squeaked out of Gainesville, and they won sixteen to six against a pretty mediocre Louisville team, but but with a guy named what uh, J J I thought I was gonna say Jake Plummer, but it's something Clay Plummer is his name, and it was literally true freshman versus guy that's in his sixth year with his like. 60th start and then you beat them 16 to 6 I mean the yardage I mean then you go into the deep and that's what the committee's having to do is okay so Alabama comes in and SEC football I mean I would say Auburn is better than Louisville so if you want to talk about the Iron Bowl and barely squeaking out of sixes that's a six and six SEC team versus uh you know I I just feel also and, and I haven't mentioned this on here that I think the ACC is probably the 
least powerful power five conference out of all the power fives. Correct. I think they're worse than the Pac-12. So that's another thing. So, you know, Mike Norvell and Florida State can be very ticked off. And I understand that. But you said it. There's always a team out. And I don't think they were one of the four best teams. I think Oregon was better than Florida State without Jordan Travis. And I think Ohio State is better than Florida State without Jordan Travis. So, Again, you want to do the right thing. They're not the they were not they were not one of the four best teams. So yes, resume they should have made it by their just strictly by the resume. But that's not what it goes by. They said it. It's not just your resume. There's so much more to it. I like the matchups. I'm excited for it. Again, I have, of course I have bias. I like seeing the best in it. This is the last college football playoff. I want to see Bama in it. I want to see Bama in. It. And I have no ties to Bama. I have no, you know, I I don't I don't care about Bama I don't have I'm not a fan but this is that's what I want to see I want to see the best of the best in there Bama should be in there I think the four best teams are in in there uh and I I love it and I'm excited to see what happens uh Michigan has the early favor at minus one and a half with a 46 total I like the I like the over there I hate to say it I think I think Bama I like Bama's the pick right now um because Michigan Michigan hasn't Michigan hasn't played, I think, to their potential yet, believe it or not. I still don't think after this season, I don't think they've played up to how good they can actually be. And that and I hope they, they can get there. Like I still think think they're better than what they have. Now losing Zinter on the right guard and losing that, that's a that's a big hurt. Um, but defensively, can they stop the run game of Bama? Can they stop Milroe? Can they can they freeze his legs? You know, we'll see. But Two games that are going to be absolutely electric. The Rose Bowl, the Sugar Bowl. What more can you ask for with a college football playoff with no dog in the fight? And we have a couple dogs, but really, it's just from a fan from a fan standpoint, this is going to be incredible. Right. And, I, and I'm sure that plays a little bit, that conversation you just had of, I want to see Bama. I think the committee knows that too, you know? Because again, at the end of the day, college football is a booming business and they know they know what sells and they know if Michigan's up 35 at half, you know, those TVs start turning off a little bit. Mm -hmm. So it, again, I think the committee from the committee's main goal of best four teams, I think they got it right. Completely understand why Florida state and, you know, not even Florida state, but just others around the country, just saying, you know, a power five team went undefeated and they get, you know, denied that opportunity. I, I, I understand it, but I think the, like you said, the goal, of the committee from the very beginning was get the four best teams out there. So yeah, it's going to be fun. And I think, you know, you mentioned that line Michigan opening as a slight favorite. I expect the money to come in on Bama Yeah, and I could see that game being a pick them or, you know, it kind of switching to where Michigan's a little bit of a slight dog. Cause I think, yeah, you know, it kind of those, the, the Patriot era with Belichick and it's like, and even with the Chiefs and Mahomes, like any time you can get those guys as an underdog, like how do you not jump you on them? that? You take them. Hey, how do you not take until, them? The until, plus 100 right until you, Right. Until you lose that bet a few times, right. it's like, okay, I'm not going to take it. But it's like, again, like I mentioned, Alabama has not lost in the college football playoff playing the number one seed. You don't bet against Bama. You don't bet against Tom Brady. No. It's uh, just kind of how it works. Now, funny we say those two teams because Tom Brady went to Michigan, go blue. But... I, I don't know. I think it's too early to say predictions, so we can get into that later. Um, I'm just excited that we got it. Texas, Washington, I'm elated. I'm excited. Uh, you know, that that's just fun. That's just pure fun. Michael Penix, Kalen DeBoer, probably one of the coolest stories. I mean, Michael Penix was considering retirement uh, with how many injuries he had and season-ending injuries, and it almost turned into career-ending injuries. Decides to come back, goes to Washington, and the last two seasons have been uh, pretty freaking awesome. And so, I mean, he's tough. There's a picture I saw at the start of the fourth quarter of the Pac-12 championship game, and it was uh, a sky view, and you had Washington, the entire team in the huddle, and coach said that it was Michael Penix running that speech. And if you look on the other sideline, Oregon was scattered. They were scattered at the start of the fourth quarter. And I think it was like a, I think 
three-point game, four-point game going into the fourth quarter of a Pac-12 championship game. And I think people are just, they just, they forget that Washington, it's not just that they're having a, a I think, I th it's not just that they're having a surprising season. I think three, four, whatever years ago it was, that was a surprising year for them. I don't think any of us really thought that they'd go as far as they did. This year, I think after six, seven games, you're like, well, this team is legit if you're watching and this team is legit. From top to bottom, they have NFL talent. They got a legit offensive line. They got big dudes on both sides that can match up. As Dion says, we need we need beefy dudes in the middle. This Washington's got them, and we'll see. I mean, the 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 connection on offense. And you have a bunch of six year guys that helps, and then that's that's the day and age we live right. in, having grown ass men in there and the six the six year guys. But you know. That's going to be a fun game. Both games are going to be sweet. I think we're uh, we're in for a treat. So, I mean, college football playoff. I think they get a win. FSU got screwed. Yes, they did. But I don't think it's all the college football playoff committee's doing. I think part of and it's not like Florida State did anything wrong on purpose. It's just you lost your QB and you weren't able to perform at that same level. Yes, you won. But unfortunately, in college sports, and that's in men's basketball, women's basketball, football, it's not just wins and losses. Hate to say it. They go right. by, why do you have so many rankings in college basketball? Ken Palm, this Palm, BPI, RPI, AP polls. I mean, all this stuff is, why do we have all of it? Because they're going on different metrics and it's not just wins and losses. And so I, I think they made the right thing, as I've said many times. But Now, worst case for the committee is that Florida State beats Georgia in the Orange Bowl. Well, who's playing for Georgia in that game, too? That's another thing I want to know. And that was my last thing is how do you make bowl games matter? How do you make these bowl games matter? And it's not – okay, look, look, the New Mexico Bowl is going to matter to those two teams. So it's not all bowl games. It's just right. the bowl games with those legitimate teams that at some point during the season had – national championship hopes and then now they're lost how do you get those teams to play you know you have tennessee versus who did i see tennessee versus iowa iowa how do you get those two teams now tennessee didn't really have national championship aspirations too far into the season but you know uh, tennessee iowa you know i think those two teams will probably show up but oregon liberty you know liberty's probably showing out but oregon you know is bo nick's even going to play georgia yeah, florida state came out he came out today and said he's going to play good for him Good for him. Yeah. I respect that. I like Bo Nix. I liked him when he was at Auburn. Uh, I thought he was legit over at Oregon. I, I respect that. He's a baller. He, he can sling the ball. And he's got draft tape. He's got bigger things to worry about. Uh, he's got contracts to worry about. He's got endorsements to worry about. He's got a draft to worry about. He's going to get drafted. Who's going to draft him? I don't know. But I, I think he's going to be a, a pretty decent quarterback in, in the league. I think better than uh, uh, some of the other Oregon quarterbacks that have come out, like Justin Herbert. Now, you know, Justin Herbert's okay, but, you know, nonetheless, I think Bo Nix might be a better quarterback and Marcus Mariota, obviously, uh, as the other one. So, exciting. I mean, Ohio State, Missouri, who shows out in that game? Ole Miss, Penn State, who shows out? You know, I'm, I'm curious to see. And how do you how do you have these players show out? And, you know, Oklahoma, Arizona, how do you get these players to show out? I don't know. I don't, I don't know at this point. Is it NIL? You know, I get this the worry about, you know, saving your body. I don't know. But some of those bowl games... I'm curious. Are we going to get some uh, NIL sponsorships on like the, you know, they do the, the quick, quick reaction with the sideline reporter after the game? You know, how you feeling? Like kind of like M Manning did Super Bowl 50, you know, meant she's going to go home and drink a, a nice cold Coca-Cola or whatever he said, you know, That'd be legit. are, are we going to start getting that now in the days of NIL? It's like, yeah, I'm going to go home and celebrate with a, a nice slice of Domino's pizza. You remember, happen? remember when Papa John... Was it midfield with Peyton Manning when he won the Super Bowl? Little, little yep. Papa John just found his somehow through the whole crowd found that's the best video of all time. He doesn't even shout him out in the. Uh, I'm gonna go home and drink a, a, good, a good cup of Budweiser's gym and kiss my yeah, wife and kids. Budweiser, is that what it was? Budweiser, it was Budweiser. But no, you might. I mean, you, maybe that's a reason for Bo Nix to come out, go out, ball out, beat Liberty, and you know, mm -hmm. go out and I'm you know, shout out Disney World. I don't know. That'd be crazy. I mean, That'd the be, thing about bowl would, season that would solidify that we're in a different time <laughs> of college football. If if they're getting, you know, little eggs and stuff of different sponsorships after a game. It, I, but again, like I wouldn't wouldn't be surprised. I mean, these people no. are throwing around crazy money. So it's it's kind of crazy. I mean, we're we're kind of seeing it. It's it's pretty nuts.
Well, college football, I think it's in a good place. Last year of the four team, next year we got the 12 team. So a lot of uh, a lot of mid-majors have a chance here to kind of, you know, just get a shot. So who knows? We'll see. Transition a little bit. We'll go into uh, the NBA. NBA in-season tournament. NBA is in full gear. Uh, you have, you have uh, some surprise teams kind of in there jumbling around. I think the Thunders have are having a good season. Somehow the Thunder give up a 30-0 run to the Mavericks and then still find a way to win. What's worse, giving up the 30-0 run or the fact that the Mavericks fumbled the 30-0 run in the fourth uh, quarter? Fumbling, fumbling the 30-0 run. That's what I thought. At home, too. They were at home. But, you know, right. the Mavs just sold. Mark Cuban's a, a, a legend and a billionaire, multi-multi-billionaire. But the in-season tournament, something new to the NBA – we have the the playoffs starting, I guess, for the tournament, the actual tournament uh, starting, and it should be exciting stuff. I think it's worked. Do you think it has worked so far? I think so. I, I mean, from a fan standpoint, it add it added a little bit, ju- you know, a little bit of juice. Um, the last round of pool play games the nuggets needed to beat the rockets the pelicans needed to lose i knew the tiebreaker you know so that was kind of a a different aspect to it and was from a fan perspective you know something to kind of pay attention to instead of okay well we play the rockets in late november you know i don't care right type of thing um so yeah i think helps combat that kind of old idea that the nba really doesn't start till christmas day now in the grand scheme of things of you know, playoff standings and where teams match up and all that. I think, you know, Christmas day is still kind of generally when the intensity is going to pick up a little bit, but no, I, I think it's worked. I, it seems like, um, you know, some of the teams that advanced into the bracket play, maybe I'm not surprised by, but just with their roster talent, I think that's something that gives those teams a little bit more to play for. And again, there's a financial aspect to it right they all get a bonus if they win and um i think you get a ring anytime you go to an elite you athlete ring, yeah, you yeah okay ring. laker fan uh, you yeah i'm well aware of how you think you'll get a ring, you get a um, ring. but you know hey, not just me. T- everyone gets a, everyone gets a ring it doesn't matter if the lakers win they get a ring but if the phoenix win, they get a ring you know kd gets his ring another one i guess he already has no kd has zero rings yeah he finally gets something without steph um but yeah, I think anytime you tell an elite level athlete that this team will advance if you don't win this game, I think that's just nature and the competitiveness of it to Juice. kind of get those juices going a little bit more. Uh, but no, I, like I said, I've I've had nothing but good things to say about it other than I, I hate most of the courts that they do for it. I understand why they're doing it. I think they've whiffed on the courts. Uh, but again, that's something where there's unless if you're sticking to kind of the more traditional what you'd see when you turn on a nuggets game most of the time that shock that shock value seems like yeah i don't really care for that but you know that that's the small little thing but no it's it's been something that i think has been successful i don't know if the nba's i haven't really seen much of the nba's happy with how it's been progressing but it you know if you get a Lakers Celtics NBA Cup final in Vegas who's not going to turn that on yeah right no I won't but uh it's there's two things I think the idea of the courts was good the execution not so good uh I like the idea of giving a given a a, an in-season tournament court some of them were okay the ones that didn't have the bright you know red or whatever you know some of them were okay but that was one so the idea of the courts was good Execution, not so much. The jerseys, atrocious. Hated the jerseys. Didn't like any of them. I think the NBA and their jersey design team needs needs a whole revamping. I think the NFL has it down with the throwback jerseys and the and the and the color the color rush they've done. I think this, the NFL has it down. Baseball has it down. Even you know, I would say more City Connect are pretty good than not when you actually look at them enough times. Um, you know, the Rockies has not grown on me at all, but it's the green pants. No, it's the green. The whole greenness is what doing. But like the Wrigleyville, it didn't. It, I didn't like it at first. 
for the Cubs, but that's grown on me a little bit. Uh, you know, I think the Angels was good. I think the Orioles was good. Nonetheless, the jerseys for the NBA are atrocious. They need to kind of fix that whole nonsense going on there. Lastly, I didn't like with the final game, the, the Warriors and the Kings, right? And so the Warriors had to win, and they had to win by 12. Right, well, right. That felt too soccer-y. I didn't like that. Now, I'm not saying the way soccer does it is bad. I love the way soccer has their in-season tournament with Champions League and all that craziness, away goals and all that, but I didn't like seeing it in the NBA. It just didn't, it didn't, it didn't feel good. Like that's what need to happen. So the war we've been so used to in the NBA world, wins and losses in the NBA wins and losses. Now we talked about college football and all that being metrics, but in, in, in pro sports, it's wins and losses. That's what they go by. There's no, uh, you know, and then for now in the in season tournament for the warriors to get a dub, in a big game against a rival, but then not really get a dub at the end of it. It just fell off to me. So I think the whole point differential was kind of a little, it was, it was a little bit of a reach and I don't think it really, yeah. it, it seemed like it mattered, but it didn't. And it was just kind of weird. I think there's a different way to do the tiebreaker. Those are my things. Overall, I loved it. I think it worked. It was great. Yeah. It, you know, I think maybe the tiebreaker too, at that point differential, maybe a little bit of a shock factor, you know, right. with, with the NBA and it's like, well, this is, I'm not really used to watching that. Cause I actually didn't mind it. I was watching that Kings warriors game. Um, I had the over, so I had to dial in, but, um, yeah, it was something where, you know, it was kind of fun seeing it on the screen where they just had a you know <laughs> right. little tracker of <laughs> right. like, all right, the warriors need this, 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 and this to happen. But, um, and I don't know, maybe if they keep it that way, maybe we get used to it to where, True. you know, it feels a little bit more common. Um, but you know, I, like I said, I, I think it's something that they'll probably, you know, critique it year to year. Again, I haven't heard much from teams or the league in itself on on how they're right. viewing the tournament. I don't know if it's helping ratings. I don't know if it's helping ticket sales, attendance. You know, I'm I'm assuming that as you get closer to the the cup final, that the ticket sales and attendance, I think you'd expect maybe a little bit of a, a jump on it. I don't know. I mean, I think I, I heard it has. I think I heard it's it's, it's right. made a, it's made an impact. Yeah, like I you know if Denver had uh, had advanced and they were in the quarterfinals against you know a Thunder and it was like hey win this game and it's a trip to Vegas you know I could see myself kind of jumping on and on a ticket there and being a part of that. But, right. Um, yeah, it's, it's good. I mean, the NBA, the one thing that the 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 tournament doesn't fix is just teams decide to show up some nights and they decide to not show up other nights i mean and I, i'm sure the nba was kind of hoping to fix that and i don't know if you'll ever fix that when those guys are making that much money it's that long of a season and really you know it'd be interesting too if they did that in-season tournament if they did it in january or february what what's the difference in attitudes of the teams versus november you know pretty much week three of the season or something like that i mean it started super early so that, you know, and again, when they start tweaking it a little bit, maybe those are the kind of things you see change. That was my next point is is it ends December 9th, and that's Saturday is the championship. So you have your your quarterfinals on 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 Tuesday, Monday, Tuesday, I think, uh, semifinals Wednesday, Thursday, and then the championship on Saturday. And the cool thing about it is the championship game is the only game going on on Saturday, uh, which is, you know, kind of gives you that feel to it. Maybe it just takes time to make it a bigger deal. But to your point, what is January, February, March, April basketball going to be like with with the with the all-star weekend that that occurs in February and all that? Like, how are these games? I mean, I think it's really going to take a take a shot on some of these players playing. I, I'm, I'm curious to see. So, yeah, it, it does end so soon. And I don't, I don't know if you maybe make it extend it a little bit and have a you know, maybe do it like Champions League to where you spread it out as much as they do it in the soccer world. And it's over like eight months and maybe it's over the whole season. But, um, you know, I'm curious as to how much tweaking they'll do. I mean, clearly, you know, they can change whatever they want whenever they want, regardless of what they decide and agree on. So at any moment in time, they might come out and be like, yeah, well, it's a longer season. So we'll see. But I think overall it's worked real quick. Your predictions. We got Lakers versus Suns, Kings, Pelicans. Who's coming out of the West? Um, I think you'll see Lakers, Kings, and I'm going to take the Kings. 
Okay, so the Kings are the two seed. Lakers the one seed. The Kings are a feisty team. This is uh this is almost a perfectly built tournament for the Kings. This is like made that's, for the Kings. That's why I'm picking them. It's just a bunch of young guys who they completely, you know. Now, I don't know if it was a surprise, but uh, for where they ended up in the West standings last year, I think it probably was a surprise. Three, but three seed, a lot of young right? guys. Yeah, 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 the three seed, yeah. and so you know, kind of taking that context from last year and just kind of saying, "Hey, we really want to solidify ourselves on the map." And you know, again, tell these young, you tell De'Aaron Fox, you tell Malik Monk, "Hey, you can beat LeBron James in a tournament setting." <laughs> How's that not going to get them going? No, you know, no and again. LeBron with how petty he is and him just needing to try to do something that Jordan has it, that he's going to have that sort of motivation, I'm you sure. Jordan has never won an in-season tournament, buddy. I'll You're tell not you wrong. What. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. And so, you know, again, I. but yes, this type of thing I think is perfect for these young, exciting teams where they're still probably a handful of years away, a couple pieces away from, you know, maybe being a true title contender. But if you can win a few hundred thousand dollars on the side and, you know, say you won the NBA Cup, you know, why not? So, yeah, Lake, Lakers, Kings out of the West. I like it. You know, Kings fans aren't passionate, man. They're desperate. That's what it is. They're desperate. They 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 haven't won anything ever. This is this is a perfectly built tournament for them. I think Lakers, Kings is probably what the NBA would want to see. Uh, Suns, Pelicans, probably not. Lakers, Pelicans, probably not. Kings, Suns, probably not. Uh, so you know, Lakers Kings is right. going to get the get the ratings up. On the east side, you got the Bucks versus the Knicks and the Pacers and the Celtics. You know, the Knicks are probably better, having a better season than most people think. Does this mean as much to the Bucks? I'm curious. I you know, I I think though personally, I think the Celtics come out of the East. What 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 are you leaning towards? They're the three seed. Yeah, I, I don't think they're even hosting uh, on the fourth tomorrow. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's the Celtics. I think the Bucks. I think it'll be the, the Celtics Bucks playing for. I think the Celtics probably get it. Um, and, it, you know, if that matchup changes, maybe the Celtics don't really, you know, chase it that hard. But again, I think a matchup like that, when those are probably two of the top teams in the East, when you fast forward to, you know, March and April getting into playoff time, it's going to be. You know, Celtics, Bucks, maybe a, a third team can some you know get hot, but I think those are the two heavy favorites in the East right now for the NBA title. So again, just thinking from a a competitive standpoint, why not try to take those? You know, why not try to to send a little bit of a message and go out there? So I think, um, yeah, I think the Celtics probably come out of the East after beating the Bucks, but again, with it being the NBA, maybe these guys truly don't care about it as much as we're thinking. And the Knicks go in and upset them. Maybe the Pelicans. Uh, that was not going to be my question. Kings by fifty. I yeah, think maybe the, the Pelicans, Pelicans are a little dark horse here. I think they are. They could be. They could be. It's. It just depends on if they have any sort of care about it. Right. That's what it comes down to. And I think they will. I think you know these guys all. They they have real competitive spirit. It's almost like the the All Star game in twenty twenty. Before everything got shut down, the greatest All Star game of of all time. Um, I, I I think you know, and, and again there was something uh, on the line, so to speak, or they or they made it a little bit more, and everything behind it with the whole you know Kobe and Gigi's thing that they were pushing around. I mean there was there was the elevatedness, but they didn't have to make it as competitive as they did, and yet they did. And so I feel like in this situation with records mattering, things you know a, a tournament a tournament a trophy. A championship of some sort on the line. I don't see how these guys don't necessarily lock in. And when you think about it, it's eight teams out of the thirty. You know that's less than a third of the teams. Only almost a quarter of the teams only making it to the to the, this tournament. Um, you know, I I think now I if, think it it, it should, I think it's going to matter a little bit to these guys. So if the final ends up being the Pelicans versus the Pacers. You think the NBA just cancels it and doesn't do it? They're like, that backfired. We're not doing that anymore. You know, I think because of Zion, you might you might get a little bit more out there. You know, Zion helps. That's true. 
Zion helps. You know, the Pacers, I don't think Halliburton is a TV watcher. I'm turning on the channel to watch Tyrese Halliburton. The dude can ball. There's a lot of dudes that can ball. But I'm not turning on the TV for Tyrese yet. If he plays for right. Denver, maybe I am. But, like, I, I'm not for the Pacers. The Knicks, you know, they don't they don't have star power. They have some good players. You know, Jalen Brunson can ball and Randall's a force. But, like, I, I don't see any of those teams really. I'm not turning on the TV for them. New York, maybe because they're a big market. But I think the Pelicans have a shot to maybe, you know, shock the world, as someone would say. But... I guess we'll see how it turns out um, and how this affects, uh, you know, these teams. I'm, I'm going to be watching these eight teams closely to see how it affects their season, too. You know, I'm wondering if any of these eight teams are going to end up in the playoffs or even if, if they make a run. I'm sure the boss, the Boston Celtics and the Bucks have have a good chance of making that run. But how much of a toll will it take? You know, you, these guys will be playing heavy minutes if they if it matters to them. So, you know, I'm curious to see. But here we go. It starts tomorrow. Uh, ends on Saturday the, the 9th, and uh, we'll, we'll crown an NBA Cup champion on Saturday. So yeah, kind of exciting to see. I think it's worked, but like we said, we'll, we'll see where it goes. Uh, last couple things. Uh, let's dive into the NFL. NFL today, big, big week. Broncos probably with the biggest game uh, that they've played in since Super Bowl 50. And they kind of, you know, probably, right? Yeah, you know. I don't yeah, know. I I don't think that's that crazy to say. I mean, I think I think ESPN had a playoff prediction percentage. Big. You know, if if the Broncos had won the game, sixty four percent chance to make the playoffs. If they'd lost, you know, I think it dropped down to like eighteen percent. So from that standpoint, yeah, it was huge. I mean, it was one of those things where the key to this win streak has been Russ's play, and not you know not only yards touchdowns but most importantly hadn't thrown any interceptions during that win streak and then he comes with a hat trick today and you know and the last one you know maybe you call you call it two and a half interceptions because the last one game's on the line you just got to throw it up but i mean that that's something that was significantly different in this game is that the broncos you know felt like we were almost beating ourselves a little bit more um it would have been great to steal that win because I you know the Texans really didn't play all that great. C.J. Stroud, from what he's shown so far this season, he didn't have that great of a game. Um, and it you know that's one of those ones that you go back and it's like, well, there's a lot of results in the Broncos' schedule. It's like, well, if we could go back and could have gone that one, <laughs> um, you know, we're undefeated right now. But it, it it is one of those. I think it'll be interesting to see how the team comes out. I mean, they got the Chargers next week. You would think that could be a win for them and then the lions and, and, you know, the rest of the set, the rest of the schedule after the lions kind of eases up, but yeah, definitely, definitely one you would have liked to have is the Broncos. I think for the Broncos to make the playoffs, they're going to need some help at this point. I think they they control their own destiny. Sure. But they're going to need help. The chargers. I mean, the chargers win six, nothing in new England. Uh, I, I, it's very hard for me. Give me a free ticket to go to that game. It, you, 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 I mean, I can't. It's very hard for me to think that the Chargers are, are anything to be worried about. I think the Broncos shouldn't really hang their heads too much after this game. Big game matters in terms of that playoff predicting thing, you know, percentages, all that stuff that happened. But I, you know, again, they're six and six. Does anyone think they would be six and six at this point? No. Do they have a chance at the right. playoffs? Yes. Is Russell Wilson finding his way a little bit more? Yes. This is a game where Houston's young. They're hot. They're fast. They got a young coach, young quarterback. The fans are really bought in. That's a pretty dope stadium. It gets pretty loud in there. I can only imagine it, it when the when they're doing well. A lot of Broncos fans in the house, which is which was uh you know good to yep. see. You know they they tra- travel well, but tough game. I think on that last play, if you were watching the game, the last play where he threw the pick, I don't know if the guy had his leg or something, which is why he threw him, but he had the hole open right side to extend it a little bit longer. So I don't, you know, I don't know if the guy had his leg and he just kind of gave up and and threw it in, but I'm like, he had the hole right side to extend the play a little bit more. So I'm curious about that. And then the play before, I don't know if you saw Jerry Judy was wide open when he threw it to Sutton in the back of the end zone. Jerry Judy had a quick, you know, in out, in and out you know, slant route almost, like a whip route almost, and and he was going to be wide open, and Russ made a quick decision. Uh, and if he waited maybe a second, which I think he had a second, he could have hit Judy on that. So, I you know, not Russell's best game at all. 
uh, I think the defense is something to to really point to because they have been so much better since giving up 70 points to the Miami Dolphins. And it's and that's I think that's what's been the biggest thing because no matter what, when the Broncos were one and five and through the five game winning streak, Russell Wilson was not the problem. I think he was he hasn't really been the problem most of the time since he's been in Denver. That defense taking the turn that they have, the physicality, and for some reason they're trying to keep Kareem Jackson at the NFL. We can talk about that another day. But the defense has been really awesome to see. Vance Joseph turning that thing around. Next week, turn it around. Go win in L.A. Go beat the Chargers. Shock the world in Detroit. But even if you lose that game, like you said, it's a favorable schedule. You need some help. I think the Browns losing helped today. So the Browns losing helped the Steelers. Kenny Pickett, his health now is in, in question. They're thinking that that might be a little bit more severe. Where there you go, he might miss some significant time. That helps. The Colts are in front of us. Obviously, the Texans. So, um, you know, at that point, they'll have to kind of figure out. I don't know if they play each other again. Hopefully they do so they can kind of eat each other up. But yeah, at this point, if you're the Broncos, you got to focus on winning. But unfortunately, with how we started the season, we're going to be doing some scoreboard watching. Well, and maybe you know, the extra game helps. Maybe the extra game in the season helps in a situation like this, you know? And and looking yeah. looking at the standings right now, I mean, if the Kansas City Chiefs lose today, the division is not out of reach, I'm just saying. And the Kansas City Chiefs are currently down five uh, late in the fourth, fourth quarter to, to the Packers. So I know it's still a two-game difference. Patrick Mahomes just threw an interception, too. So, so Pack's getting the ball back. We've talked about this before we started recording. The, the Chiefs are very beatable. They are very not the Chiefs. They're not going to win the Super Bowl. Bowl this year and if they do uh, we can come back to this and and point fingers at me but I don't think they're a Super Bowl winning team and again they lost to the Broncos you don't know what the rest of the, how the rest of the games are going to play out but looking at Kansas City's schedule and and this is the thing that people aren't really going to talk about because it's like oh they're not going to win the division they have the Bills at home and I think they're just about as good as the Bills this year you know with a, maybe a better quarterback I think that's about the difference and the- there the Bills will be coming off a bye week. Bills coming off a bye week, so there's potentially another one there. You're at the Patriots. It's probably a win for the Chiefs. You're against the Raiders. The Raiders don't know how to beat them because the Raiders are trash. The Bengals, you know, it's a favorable schedule for the Chiefs, but the Chiefs aren't the Chiefs. So you get a couple surprising losses here. The division might not be out of reach. It's probably more, unli- more unlikely than the wild card for the Broncos, but keep that in the back of your head you don't know what's going to happen in right now it's war of attrition who's going to be the healthiest team out there that's really the biggest thing you know you get some injuries on the Kansas City side you never know it's not what you're looking for but it could happen and then something might go in the way but um yeah i mean the broncos they they put themselves in a position to kind of see what happens so good good for good for denver and um i'm you know i'm i'm hoping to see them at least not just bend over here and and kind of Make a run. Let's go to week seventeen with a, with something in hand. That if this goes this way, Broncos get in. That would be nice to see. Yep. So no, especially with how everything's been since we won Super Bowl Fifty. Just give us a little bit of something to root for that late in the season. I mean, as a fan, I'll sign up for that all day long. Forty Nine ers crushed the Eagles. I didn't see that coming. Uh, wow. I mean, after one quarter, the Forty Nine ers go and score forty two points on the road in hostile environment in three quarters of play. Debo Samuel, three touchdowns. 49ers are probably, I mean, it's probably the NFC Championship rematch just happened right there, unless seeding works out otherwise. Yeah, I mean, that first quarter, it was one of those things where Eagles were moving the ball at will, the Niners couldn't do anything, and all the Eagles had to show for it was two field goals. That was huge. If you score, if you score, touchdowns on those drives it's 14 nothing right maybe that game goes a little bit differently but that was something where the Niners it felt like all right we just took a punch in the face and we're not even down a touchdown you know sign me up for that so it, it was something that I thought being in Philly I thought they would have a little bit more juice to them but again the last couple of weeks Philly hasn't really been playing lights out I mean they've you know kind of been finding these different little ways to win which you have to do in the NFL you never apologize for getting a dub week no. to week, but it, that's something where I thought they'd have a little bit more to them. And, you know, maybe with the Niners losing last year, the way they did in the NFC championship without Purdy, I'm sure they came in with a bigger chip on their shoulder. Yeah. But again, that you would not, if you just watched that first quarter of that game and turn it off and say, predict the final, you're not going to predict what happened. 
you know, that, that was something where, um, you know, credit to the 49ers, they came out and really regrouped after that first quarter and yeah, put it on them. I mean, Debo, Debo has been lights out lately. I mean, he, he feels like he's all the way back. Yeah. I mean, and with, this, this is clicking when they have to click. Right. And it, it's one of those teams, man, they have so much talent on their roster where week to week, Christian McCaffrey could have three touchdowns or he had last week, Brandon Ayuk went off and then this week, all right, Debo, it's your turn. And then they still have George Kittle. If they needed just a little safety valve, like, okay, how, I don't know how, when, if they play that well, I don't know how anyone beats them. Well, and then the other side of the ball, Nick Bosa, Fred Warner. They got young in that trade deal too, a few weeks back. I mean, they're, they're loaded, man. I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be tough sled in the NFC for a team to, go in there now what's going to get real weird too is now the the number one seed in the nfc is pretty much wide open i mean with the eagles dropping down to two losses the lions have three losses the cowboys have three losses they still play philly next week i mean we could see the the landscape could change a lot from what we were maybe looking at a couple weeks back 100 percent. i would be shocked if if this doesn't turn out to i mean it's going to be it's going to be a a a an interesting race. A couple of surprising teams I'm seeing. The Rams are now six and six. They're fighting for a playoff spot. And the Falcons are six and six, fighting for a playoff spot. The Seahawks have found their way uh down to where I kind of assumed that they should have been from the start. But, you know, regardless, I digress and and you know, they're six and six as well. So kind of taking a taking a downslide. The Cowboys will choke as they always do. Take my word for it. Um last thing I want to talk about. College basketball. We have some uh, we have some lo- lo- local interest going on here with Colorado State being a top twenty team, beating CU at home, and then squeaking by a win against Washington this weekend. They might come in as the highest seed they've ever been, a highest ranking they've ever been of all time in their history. Brandon. We were at that CU game. We've seen actually multiple CSU games live. How far can this team go? Now you're getting national attention. People around the country are now talking about it. What's what, How good can this team be? Or is it just fluff right now and we need to take a step back? I think we got to wait till conference play. I think a lot of these, I mean, the CU game, obviously that means a lot. These, you know, kind of pre-conference play tournaments. It's always kind of fun to get different matchups. But I mean, that win against Creighton, that was legitimate. Um, that CU team, you know, they didn't play their best that night. No. And, you know, CSU kind of let them back into the game a little bit, but ended up finishing the job. But no, I this team is this team's real. Um, and it kills me to say that as as a big CU fan. But um they're they're the real deal. And it it'll be interesting again once conference play starts. We'll kind of see, you know, where they go. Um, and the rankings, you know, the rankings for college basketball are, are so fun to watch week to week. Um, you know, it's not like CSU has a legitimate chance to win the national title. But like you said, all of a sudden you achieve your highest rating ranking that you ever have. You know, those are the type of things that it's fun to follow as a fan. I'm sure the players are loving it. I bet that locker room's a blast to be a part of right now. Uh, but yeah, I mean, from this this start of the season now again something could drastically change maybe they're just playing lights out right now who knows what it looks like um you know getting closer to the tournament but i think if you're csu you have to have your sets on your site set on the sweet 16 at least i mean you gotta if you're gonna start this hot and i again i just can't imagine with they got some veteran guys they have good floor spacing they got some real shooters out there I can't see that they fall off so egregiously to where, okay, we're a, a 13 seed just happy to be there. I mean, I expect them to be a probably a top 10 seed in, in the tourney. And, and then again, if you're a top 10 seed, you got to make it out the first, the first weekend. You got to get out of that weekend. But no, I mean, it, it's, it's cool. Local recognition's awesome. You know, maybe it was the 76ers doing training camp there in Fort Collins and at Moby. Maybe that brought a little bit extra juice. I don't know what it is, but this team is one of the better teams that I've seen CSU had in a a long time. 
Yeah, you know, when you have guys coming back and you have guys really buying in and kind of proving it, you know, you have Isaiah Stevens who who decided to come back and you have a lot of graduate transfers. You have Joel Scott, who was arguably the best D2 player in the nation. He had a 50-point game last season in the D, in, for, for Black Hill State. So just, you know, you have guys out there that, that have been there for a minute. They have college ball experience and they're forced to be reckoned with. It's what, what, what got me is early on in the Washington game, you lose Neat Clifford which has arguably been one of your best players this year. Definitely a huge perimeter defender. You don't have Jalen Lake because he's got he's injured. Isaiah Stevens gets three fouls in the first half with four minutes remaining, and you find a way to win, and you find a way to win in a neutral site so you're not in your home court. You have Patrick Cartier who couldn't walk on Monday, didn't play against CU, and finds a way to play, goes 16-4, and four, uh, there's guys left and right. And then let's not forget about the true freshman craziness of Rashawn Bemba, who is an incredible talent, and he's starting now for this team and making an impact. Boy, is he a big body that can that can that that knows how to use it in the paint. And f- the fact that he's a true freshman blows my mind. So a lot of big things for CSU here. You know, I'm I'm... I'm one that thinks about next year, and I'm like, okay, I wonder who this team goes to next year because you lose Joel Scott, you lose Isaiah Stevens, you lose Patrick Cardia, you lose Clifford, you lose all these guys this year. You know, you're putting all your eggs in your basket. Nico Medved, great coach. Um, you know, it's been a good year. That CSU game, CU game was electric from the start. Uh, Tad Boyle bringing the energy as he always does. KJ Simpson dropping 30 points. Uh, the, the 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 lottery pick Cody Williams having a second half unlike any other. No one saw this, but I think the biggest respect, and I want to kind of end on this note, is, is Cody Williams, you know, we already liked the guy coming in. I think going to that game, we were excited to see him in that environment and see what he can do as, as a McDonald's All-American and probably a lottery pick next year in the NBA draft. Playing at CU, nonetheless, he goes out there. He plays the, completely shut down the first half. Scores twenty plus points in the second half. Keeps it a game because it was a fifteen point game at halftime. Makes it a game. CU only lost by five at the end of it. I think they brought it all the way down to four or three at, at one point, a one possession game. Cody, at the end of the game, CSU storms the court. Which in another show we'll get into storming the court and 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 the the meaning or lack thereof of meaning of storming the court anymore csu fans stormed the court they weren't able to get that rope up in time and there was this fan who they'd been doing it all night csu fans have been doing it all night was doing the shador with the with the watch but he was literally i mean face to face with cody williams with a with a wrist in his face and i mean I I'll be I'll be the first one to tell you. I think Brandon might be in my boat too i'm throwing hands if someone's in my face after i lost that big game I don't know how I would compose myself. Cody Williams, on the other hand, as an 18-year-old kid, not phased at all, just keeps walking and walks to his team line to go shake hands, earned a lot of respect for me that night, not only of already what I had. It was really awesome to see. I think a lot of people can take lessons from it. I mean, I was, I'm looking in the mirror. I mean, I'm a, I'm 30 years old. I'm looking in the mirror of how I can react better in those situations because you got an 18-year-old kid doing a dang good job out there of how to show how to be a mature, calm, cool, and collected uh, after a big loss. I think that was the thing that stood out to me the most about CU and their team. I respect them. Tad Boyle always loved them. That team, the conference is big for CU. Conference play is big for CU. Yeah. No, I, I think you're spot on with our reaction to Cody. I mean, we saw it live. We noticed it right away. And just the composure and maturity and you know maybe we're giving him too much credit and he was just completely just you know tunnel vision in shock at you know heartbreaking loss but i I don't think that's what it was um no very impressed with him he went and dropped another you know 20 plus points um this afternoon against pepperdine i mean i think that was kind of his coming out party and i'm excited to see him become a little bit more aggressive and you know with guys like kj and and um de silva on the court with him you know, any one of those guys can go get 20 for themselves. So it's just a matter of, you know, that conference play you talked about, just this team is so inconsistent and so far are, you know, the main, I guess, knock that I'd have on this team is like away from their home court. They're just completely different. They can't shoot the ball well. Their three-point 
percentage dropped significantly. Right. I mean, it's at one point today we were seven and nine from deep, and it's like where was that against CSU? Right. You know, so I think that's going to be something is will these guys be able to improve how they play in the road and keep that consistency? And it's something where, you know, a week ago I was booking CU in Arizona in the Pac-12 championship. I have walked that back a little bit now, but I think it's something where the Pac-12 is not as strong as it has been the last couple of years. Um, maybe some teams are still trying to find their way, but I mean, Arizona is incredible, but uh, it's going to be something where I think the Pac-12 is going to be wide open not only in the regular season but that conference tournament should be a lot of fun with some of the players that cu has i'd be shocked if they don't make the ncaa tournament to be honest they have experience they have some star power um they have some legit talent on that team uh it's been a little bit of a rocky start but i think that's a team that is going to be built off of the experience and the you know continuing the season and going through you know i think csu coming in we we had the pre you know, we had the notion that they were already going to be a good team. CU, you have the talent. I think they can definitely get there with some of the losses they've had. You know, Boston College, not Boston College, Florida State, and uh, you know, C CSU. I don't think they're bad losses by any means. So, you know, I think no. uh, I think that you know, it's it's something that CU is going to keep going. They're not going to hang their heads on a loss to see CSU. Obviously, going into Pepperdine, get the dub. Cody Williams, like you said, coming out party. He's the real deal. Cody Williams, watch Cody Williams ball out. He is, he, you know, he's like, oh, he's not shooting threes and he's not this jump shot shooter. I don't think that matters. He is a long, he's a, he's a long, tall dude that can kind of get control his body in the paint. Back dudes down. He can he can make unbalanced shots, balanced shots. He's strong and he's got a lot of room to fill out. I think any NBA team that drafts him is going to be uh, pretty stoked. But um, well, you know, for this week, you know, Brandon, I think we killed it. I think our, I think the people listening got ought, ought to tell us. You know, we we killed it. A plus rating for me. I think yeah, hundred five star, five star, ten stars, hundred uh, percent on Rotten Tomatoes, what have you. I think. Uh, I think we got it down, but we're happy to be here. I think we're going to try and do multiple shows a week. We're going to do the best I can, best we can. But uh, check us out on any platform. I probably should have said this at the beginning, but I don't care. Check us out: Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Two Guys Talking Podcasts. That's who we are. I'm P. That's Brandon. We'll catch you next time.